Hello, uh, welcome to Watch Party. We are watching The Rocketeer. I am Luke Gonzalez, and I am joined by John Scott. Uh, I'm just going to say right now, this is probably going up there with Matt Mazzaro. I mentioned last week. John Seiler. Uh, prepare for trouble and make it double. And no. Connor Irving. Still not dead. Yet. Yeah. But you're Canadian, so you don't get Disney Plus. Which yeah. this movie is no, on. We get, we get Disney Plus. I'm just a, you know, broke dude. Oh, oh. You should have told me. Um, <laughs> okay. I didn't realize that. Um, so yeah, we're watching the 1991 uh, awesome pulp sci-fi classic. It's a classic. I don't classic. Know what people say um, Joe Johnson, the Rocketeer, which basically this character when they made this movie is what like I think we looked it up like last week. It's like an 87 creation. 82. Yeah, it's yeah. a pulp character, like, but not actually like it's a. A pulp character after pulp. Pulp yes. adjacent. It's a manufactured pulp. Yes. Yeah, it's manufactured. Uh, I like my superheroes without pulp. Thank you. Yeah. And I think maybe that's why it works so well in the modern time movie. Uh, compared to basically everything around it and after it that's not Zorro. And this movie is, and we'll be saying this a lot throughout, this is where you could definitely see where Johnson got the inspiration for Captain America, the first movie. Oh, yeah. I don't even think it's like inspiration for Joe, uh, for for him. I think it's just literally like Marvel at the time was just like we want to do a period piece for Captain America. Let's get the guy who did Rocketeer, which was a smart move. Yes, because that's my yeah. All three of those Captain America yeah. movies are great. So, and it's like the character kind of plays into that because, like we said, uh, Dan Stevens, who created the character, worked in the movie industry and basically made the character out of working on Indiana Jones, which is another, like, uh, manufactured pulp character, which I think those characters have a lot in common, like, and different sides of the pulp tropes. They're uh, just himbos that want the best for the world. Yeah, and this cast, um, before we hit play, is fucking huge. Um, well, except for the star. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> almost. I mean, he, uh, he got the role here, and then he just did voice acting gigs, which yeah. is pretty chill, actually. I, I'm pretty jealous. Yeah, playing, like, I'm, I'm trying to look it up right now, where she was at, um, with Jennifer Connelly. This, this was is five years of... after five years after Labyrinth. Yeah, I just watched Labyrinth for the first time the other day, by the way. What a good-ass oh, movie. Oh, dude, I'm so happy for you. I yeah. fucking loved it, and she was great in that movie. So. Yeah, well, she's an actual baby in that, and she's just a babe in this. Like, she's everything exactly what this character is in the comics. Yes, she is. Um, and then that... we have Alan Arkin, who's awesome. The comic and, relief. Yeah, and then we have returning back-to-back movies, Timothy Dalton as He's our bad slasher. guy. He's a slasher for prices. Yeah. <laughs> And then we get like a really cool, which I did, I forgot was in this movie, is Paul Sorvino. Like, uh, Lou, you're also forgetting the most important casting. My boy John Locke, Terry O'Quinn. Yes. Yes. As Howard, as Hughes. Howard Hughes. I always forget he's Howard Hughes. Fuck. Dude, I feel like this is a movie we're going to be like, oh, it's that guy. Like, this is just filled with like the late 80s, early 90s, like that guy's. Yeah. I mean, it's got, it's got fucking Clint Howard in it. Oh, yeah. No, it fucking doesn't. Yeah, it's got Clint Howard. Holy shit, this movie's so much better. <laughs> yeah, and uh, like one of the first people I see on there is like James Handy is like a perfect fat guy. Um, 
who's like another one who's in arachnophobia and Jumanji. Did you say Bird. James Candy? Handy. Handy. Oh, I thought you said candy. Like, any relation to John? No, no, no. All right. So, why don't we get started? John Scott, if you want to count us all. All right, folks, if you hit that play button on your Disney Plus, also, you can use the new group watch feature. Group watch feature in three, two, one. All right. So, we have Walt Disney Pictures. Very weird looking Walt Disney Pictures logo. That's not fancy I... at all. I love it's very old school, like which fits. Yeah. It's, it feels like kind of MGM to me. No, totally. Like it, it gives off that '40s like silver screen height of the Hollywood mm-hmm. craze vibe, you know. I do appreciate this little nice piano. Who did the score? Was it Sylvester? Goldsmith. So it sounds like one of those kind of scores they do. Ah, uh, this movie's in widescreen. Yes, finally. I guess the, the only man who went on to have a semi-okay career after this. Man, I forgot how good this theme is, though. Dude, it just fills you with, like... Lou, I'm not able to look it up. Who did the score? Or I guess we'll hey. see, but... Uh, let me see. Nope, let's... James Horner. Oh, oh, he's perfect. Oh, James Horner is, I think, one of the best composers who ever lived. God hey, bless that's what else he did that we all we all really liked. What? I'm going to say did, uh, Didn't he do Mask of Zorro? He did Mask of Zorro. He did Titanic. He did Aliens. He did... Uh, Braveheart, Apollo 13 he worked on. Star Trek 2. Yeah, this dude's been around. Dude's a legend. Hey, check out the gum. I approve. Yeah. Oh, no. But I also love that this has the thing of Indiana. One, Alan Arkin. Fucking amazing. Rest in peace. <laughs> yeah. Wait, absolutely. this movie wait, is... No, wait. What are you talking about? Alan Arkin's alive. I thought he died last year. No. Are you thinking of uh, Alan Rickman? No. no. Alan mm-hmm. Alda? Maybe I'm thinking of Alan Alda. No, Alan, Alan, Arkin. Alan, Alan. Right Yeah, Alan Arkin's alive. He's 86 now, so that would make him 56 in this movie. Around, I was like, "Don't scare me like that." Oh, I don't know why. I just want to say one of my favorite little bits there is when Alan, like Alan's character, is what, like getting the plane off. He steals the gum and he just throws it away as he waves off. It's just God. It's so good. The performances are so good. Yeah. Oh, what I was saying was, um, I like what this does, like Indiana Jones, where it takes a not manly profession and makes it like that's the our lead character's profession. Because Indiana Jones is an archaeologist and a professor, and our lead in this is a shitty crop duster. I wouldn't say crop dusting is a non-manly job. No, he's not a crop duster. He's a professional flying pilot. They just said we're going to go all the way to nationals. Also, like I wasn't aware that like flying was like a non-manly job. Um. I think uh, maybe, maybe not manly is the right word. Like something that you wouldn't associate, like because this is not his base job as a crop duster. 
No, yeah, no, they, no, no that's, Lou, Lou, they made a whole manly movie about flying. It's called Top Gun. Let's let's get it yes, right. Yes, but here. that's part of the Air Force, and it, that's a whole different thing. It's not the man, like it's the type of flying. Also, I love all these actual shots, like of a plane filming another plane fly. Yeah, it's a very. Or I guess it would have been a, hel- a helicopter or something. No, or this would have been a CGI shot. Yeah, but that was an actual plane, and they're filming an actual plane fly around. And that he- shot of him in the cockpit is really well done, because that doesn't look fake. Although it's uh, it's got to be like. I mean, I don't know. He could be flying right now. Uh, he I could be like just, would... like, in the backseat of a plane, and this could be just his genuine reaction, which, if so, that's a really good idea. I could definitely see that, actually. I feel like the reason why I like this so well is because I associate this and Who Framed Roger Rabbit so close. Yeah. Oh, really? I do not. Hey, Clint Howard. Is that him? Or is it just somebody that's... Oh, that guy, both of those guys are uh, that guy actors. Holy shit, Howard. You know who I forgot was in this movie that I had to scroll down? Who's an Academy Award-winning actress? Who? Margot Martindale. Character actor Margot Martindale? Yes, Academy Award winner. I'm pretty sure she plays his mom. Or she's one of the people in the diner. Maybe she, yeah, she's, yeah, she plays the motherly figure. I would have been like, why are you shooting at me? Yeah, Leo DiCaprio's in this movie as Hoover about 20 years before. So, I'm looking up right here. So, the first people that they wanted to play the lead was Kevin Costner, which I think would not have worked. No. I think it would have been too old. Kevin Costner like, would have just taken it way too seriously. Uh, Matthew Modine, who I actually think would have worked. Yeah, that's not Clint Howard. No, I look like him for a second. No. Um, I think Matthew Modine would have worked. And then they were unavailable. They looked at Dennis Quaid, who yeah. I think he's too... I don't know. Too old. He's too I think, old. Yeah. Kurt Russell, I think, also would have been too old. Kurt Russell was getting there by that point. This was yeah. maybe about 10 years after the thing. So Yeah. Bill Paxton, who I actually think no. is too funny. He's too goofy. Um, Emilio Estevez, and I... No. He's too small, I think. He's yeah. super tiny. And then Disney wanted Johnny Depp. No. Oh, uh, he would have been like the right age. He would have been the right age, but he would have been the right fit. 
because what was he 91 or is this after edward scissorhands uh probably within around the time of that around that same time like benny in june Plus, I think the thing is, is that you need someone with a G-always kind of, oh shucks, G-whiz kind of attitude. Yeah, which I think Paxton could have done, but I think of those names, Modine is the most that speaks that to me. Uh, yeah, this is a I'm... year after Edward Scissorhands. So he just finished 21 Drum Street and did Edward Scissorhands. Wow, he is a hardcore 1990. <laughs> uh, he I don't does... feel like... Oh, sorry, uh, go on. No, I didn't mean I was going to say, 1990 for Johnny Depp is Crybaby, Edward Scissorhands, and the final season of 21 Jump Street. Ooh. So he is, like, one of the biggest names in Hollywood, I guess, at that. Like, this is his first, like, pop-off. Ooh, you know who would have been good around this time? Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Yeah. He might, like, he kind of got this role, though. <laughs> In the mummy. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Maybe that's why I'm thinking of. And that's why those movies work. It's almost the same costume, too. I mean, Mummy Returns is fine. It's not as good, but... Look, I'm just partial to anything my boy Brandon does because we have the same hair. And that's... that's he like just got ca- right I think that. he just got cast in a new Soderbergh movie on HBO Max. That's great. Yeah, that I mean, makes... I, oh, sorry, I, I can get that because of how much... How good he is in Doom Patrol just doing voice acting. Dude, my dad can't shut up about Doom Patrol. It's so good. It sucks so hard that they had to end before they finished. Yeah, they they didn't finish season two and ended it. Ooh, you know who would have done it but would have been too sarcastic about it? Bruce Campbell as this role. He would have fit the look and the acting He'd be too too, uh, square-jawed, I think, is my problem. Like, I'm thinking about it. Holy crap, do you want to hear who turned down the role that who? is a le- out-of-left-field choice? And I need to see what he was doing at this time. Um, Brendan, Brendan Fraser? No. Because uh, it could be also like the movie, on, but there's like, my man, boy. Like, I can there's see my Brendan boy. Fraser in this. Um, it is in the sort of MCU best, one of the best villains in sort of the MCU. Who? Uh, Kingpin oh. himself. No. Oh, I thought you were going to no. say Josh Brolin. I was like, oh yeah, Josh Brolin. But like, no, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio as the Rocketeer. I don't know yeah, that. he would have come off like of that, like off a of full mill jacket. Yeah, I don't think so. No, this would have been way after that. Like, because he did Full Metal Jacket, Adventures in Babysitting, and Mystic Pizza. That's all eighty-seven, eighty-eight. Oh, you know what else? Would Tom was Tom Cruise up for this role at one point? Because I could see Tom Cruise in the role. Oh, he's almost too perfect for this role. It's like we're gonna get the guy from Top Gun to be like also a flighty guy. Well, That's this would have been before Top Gun, right? No, eighty. No, Top Gun's Top eighty. Gun. Oh, is it really that old? Yes. Yeah. The art in this movie, wow. it, like the Art Deco stuff, is so good. I'm sorry, just my boy John Locke. My boy Johnny Locke. Like, uh, that's like the one thing I do remember about this movie is like kind of like all the Art Deco, like. Oh, who is this guy? For this movie. Oh, character actor. Um, Dennis Franz? No. No, no, Dennis Franz. 
Oh I know God. this guy. I've seen him before. John, John Polito. Is uh, he? He. You would know him as one of the bad guys in The Crow. He's, okay. Uh, the mobster guy in Big Lebowski. Okay. Um. Oh my God! I have to like scroll. He's in his IMDb is so goddamn gigantic. Um. Let's see. Miller's Crossing. He's in The Rocketeer. I feel like there was something else I would have seen as a kid that I would have remembered that he was in. Let's see. He's was he in Beverly Hills? No, he wasn't in Beverly Hills Cop. Never mind. Sucker, Proxy, Homicide, The Crow, Blank Man. He's the bad guy. Okay. So, like, Whack. he got shot out of the sky, but the cops aren't, like, willing to, like, help him out? Or the owner of the place. Well, I mean, the, the, they were, like, trying to get money from the cops, and the cops were like, ah, go deal with yourself. Were they cops, or are they supposed to be feds? No, they're I feds. I thought they were, like, cops, but I, I think I think they work for Howard Hughes. Well, they work for Hughes, yeah. but they, I think they also work for Edgar Hoover. I think Howard Hughes is working with Edgar Hoover. He was in Rocky and Bullwinkle. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I think I'm thinking of Rocky and Bullwinkle. He was Nontel. Which, by the way, that's a great movie. I don't care what anyone says. That and Dudley do right. He's in Mimic 2. I think it's such a good backpack design. Oh, it's so simple and perfect. It looks realistic. But, like, it also is, like, designed in such a way that it's, like, I'm, you know, it's, like, oh, like, you know, we oh. you couldn't fool me that the Rocketeer was, like, something from, like, you know, the 1940s. I love that he's, he's in a pocket with a stick. How sensitive is that button? Sensitive enough to be poked with a stick. To fly? What else would it be for? Ran on 100% American moonshine. Yeehaw! That that's Howard Hughes's other business. He's a moon. He's a he makes moonshine. He sells it. Oh, you know who you know that? What you know that guy possibly from? What he he did? He's done a lot of voice acting. He did the voice acting in Avatar: The Last Airbender. Okay, yeah. so maybe, but I think I've he definitely seen Chief, him. Fiz- Chief seen Arnook. Him. Oh, oh! Uh, sounds like a, wait, who? That sounds like a water the Italian, drop. the Italian guy. But what was the character he played? Chief Arnook. It yeah, sounds like a water tribe. It's like a one-off. He's in like four episodes. But oh, I, think... I bet it was the bossing say epi- or arc. But uh, no, I think I've seen him physically somewhere. Oh, there he is. He has, like, a ton of voice acting credits. Yeah, I think I remember seeing him physically. So Rocky and Bullwinkle, I think, is probably where we're going at here. Yeah, he's, like, your quintessential... Oh, my God. He has not aged a day, and it's been yeah, a decade. He really hasn't. Gordon. His eyes, he's got slightly bags under his eyes, 
And this is right after his two Bond movies, I think. Yeah, speaking of Doom Patrol. Oh, yeah, Paul Servino, I think, was just coming off of uh, Goodfellas after this one. Oh, yeah, this is... I think he's... He, this might even be, like, during his time on Law & Order. I was gonna say, what a cool house. It kind of reminds me of Lucifer's apartment. A little. Like, with the way the walls are designed, like, it's so... It's not Art Deco, it's, like... It's even, like, more fancy. So, yeah, this same year, Paul Servino has... Uh, so, 1990, he's in Dick Tracy in Goodfellas. Oh. And then he does uh, The Rocketeer. And Law he stars in, like, the season four of Law & Order. He does, like, one or two seasons of Law & Order. 1990 is a good year for him. Like, between Dick Tracy and Goodfellas... Dude, he has, like, an insane career. He has an uncredited role in the forum. He's in... Uh, he does a spot on Star Trek Next Generation. He's in, like, everything. He's in Romeo Whoa. and Juliet. Did he just Zorro somebody? Yeah, man, he, like... He, like, cut that flower off and, like, threw it to the guy. Oh, my God. I just remembered a movie he's in that I love. It's like such a bad '90s movie, but it's so good. Uh, have you guys ever seen Money Talks? I've heard of it. Uh, where Chris Tucker and Charlie—it's a Chris Tucker, yes. Chris Tucker and Charlie scene two handed. Uh, yep, yep, yep. And Heather by... Locklear plays Paul Servino's daughter. Directed by National Treasure, uh, Brett Ratner. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we don't talk about him anymore. No, it's funny that it's like it's not Charlie Sheen that like we don't talk about. It's Brett Ratner. This movie is moving though. It's quick. It's it yeah, gets you already have our entire plot. You have there's the two sides, so you have the Howard Hughes and you have our bad guys, and they all want this thing. They don't have the thing. Yeah, but where where is like the Rocketeer in an old museum with a kid and he's like regaling them about like all these other different characters that we don't really need to know it, about? It took me so long to figure out what movie you were talking about because I blinked that out of my mind as much as possible. What movie? Lone Ranger. <laughs> Okay, Blue. that is definitely a miniature, but I love it. It works so well. This is also a great, like, discovering the hero, discovering his powers. Very wholesome. And I, I do forgive... I was going to well, say... Why like, did I turn it off? Well, good job, PV, you dumb, dumb... I was gonna say I do forgive like the the in retrospect the bad um, green screen stuff. 
That is a term I have not heard in so long. Oh, what a good shot. It's like right out of Close Encounters. Yeah. It looks like a firefly. Oh. And then like a North was it North by Northwest kind of shot? Oh, I did not remember this plot point, that they're broke. Yeah. That's the key to every scrappy young uh, superhero. Well, I don't, yeah, but you're right, Connor. Like, it's, it is. Like, it, it's kind of a small, like, a C plot point in every Spider-Man movie. But it's always the most yeah, endearing thing, because, like, I relate to that. to become a professional wrestler. Except for, like, the 1920s version of professional wrestling was being their showman. Yeah. You think? Well, that's also a great reason for them to make the helmet. Oh, wait. Bob, ah, boom. Like. It's, it's funny because she doesn't look too different from when she was in. Uh... Labyrinth. No, she's. Oh, I gotta look up how old. Let's see. So she she's, was, I think, fourteen when she got cast in Labyrinth. So she was born in nineteen seventy. She's twenty when they're filming this. Apparently, she dated yeah, the main star. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, this is very um, Peggy Carter and and Steve. Especially if yeah. you ever watched Agent Carter, like the the boarding house thing is like a whole thing in it. I this, think uh, what was this? Um, I think that those two dated. I think you're right. Filming for like a few years. It is funny. Like she still has, and this is going to sound terrible, but I think we're going to talk about his physicality. Like she still looks kind of babyish. To me, compared to like, um, shit. What's that? The heroin movie she does. Heroin oh, movie. GI Jane. Yeah. No, that's Demi Moore. No, the movie where they're all on heroin. That oh, also has Chris Tucker. In uh, it. Requiem for a Dream. Yes. That's where I think Marlon she looks, Wayans. Where she she looks like an adult. Yes. Oh, it's Marlon Wayans. Not, Chris... not, not my words. The movie's words. Yeah, the movie's Marlon words. Wayans. Yeah, for sure. Although I do like the improvements to like this kind of a character that we get, uh, what twenty five years later in Captain America, because she's the this is the quintessential damsel that's in distress. And then this asshole. <laughs> but we also basically get this scene in Captain America as well, where he's watching the the movie thing, don't yeah, we? Yeah, but he doesn't have a pretty lady. Because he's all, he not just besides being broke, he's also skinny and not attractive. That's true. 
Uh, I like that they're dating at the beginning of this movie. You know, it's like, usually it's like, you gotta get the girl, and that's like through your prize at the end of the movie, and it's like, oh, hey, they're yeah, already she's... in a healthy relationship. That's nice. Yeah. And well, they like each other. Yeah, that's the key part. They actually like each other. Yeah. It's nice to see that instead of him pining over the, oh, I'm never gonna be with a girl like her. And then he gets the girl. The one thing I have noticed, and I don't mind, I just, this is one of the first movies I've really noticed how set, like, these are obviously, like, sets. Okay, so I like the fact that, now, who here has seen the Dick Tracy movie? I was oh, say, yeah, this guy like is a character. From the Dick Tracy movie. Yeah. Connor, have you seen the Dick Tracy movie? I have not, no. Okay, so what they did with the Dick Tracy movie is that every set every makeup design looks like it came straight out of the 30s comic strip. Okay. So yeah, they all have the big block jaws. Yeah. Think about like what you get in Batman Returns, but way more. Like, and way more color. A lot of color. It I like that, though. It's a like fun Dustin, movie. Like, Dustin Hoffman in that movie is unrecognizable. Yeah. Like we said, um, Paul Servino's in that movie. Yeah. That movie also has, like, the best cast ever. Oh, without Whoa. a doubt. It's so metal. He fucking Freddy versus Jason, that guy. And he's a giant ninja. Classic move right there. Uh, excuse me, giant Nazi ninja. Giant uh, German sure. ninja. You know what he reminds me of? It's like, which again, I guess is probably filmed at the same time. What as a Tracy. fucking rad building! That's that's real, right? Hey, Mark, I'm gonna look it up right me. now. Is that our second Oscar award winner in this? Did Alan Arkin win one? I feel like he had to, right? Paul Sorvino won one, right? All right, I'm gonna look up everybody. Did Paul Sorvino win for Goodfellas? I don't know. Um, there's a Bulldog Cafe here in Vancouver, so it's kind of skewing the results. I knew a place like this in Jersey. It was like right by a runway. You would just sit and have breakfast and oh, watch man. the planes. That it was guy a... looks so familiar. Dingy little dive. That child is probably... What, like 40 years old today? That child looks like Marl Wilson. <laughs> I'm sorry I ruined your date night. Classic. Love that. Holy crap. Uh, I'm just reading up on Paul Servino. He's the bad guy in the Hey Arnold movie? That I know. Uh, 
The movie or the Jungle Cruise? Hey Arnold, Arnold the movie. Theater movie. Okay, so the first movie. Mr. Sheck? Yeah. Yeah, he's that's how I first knew of Paul Sabino was because he was in that movie. Yeah, I don't um Man, this guy's being a real dick to his during this guy's date. So I don't think he has an Oscar, but his daughter does. Oh, Mira Servino, I forgot. Hey, honey, my leg fell off, so I might be dead soon. Yeah, I don't think Alan Arkin won one either, so I think it's just Margot Martindale. You know, now that I kind of like think about it, uh, Green Lantern could have had kind of like more of a DNA to this film. Oh, a thousand percent. It is this like, film. Like, it's a pilot who finds a magic thing. unlikable dick in that movie, just as much as he is in the comics. It's like, <laughs> at least it's like, I, you know, like, no, I, I like this oh. guy so far. He seems nice enough. I like I that he know. ran out with his hamburger in hand. He's a man, he's a himbo. He only thinks of one thing. But no, yeah, Siler, you were totally right. Like, Green Lantern you know what? should no. be this movie. Ma- Malcolm, you know what? It is your fault. Um, Fuck you, Malcolm. I, I do. I like that, though. Like, Malcolm knows he fucked up, and he's like, look, I'm, I'm sorry. I need to he look up Malcolm. He also reminds me a lot of uh, Brendan Fraser in The Mummy. Like, I, I yes. feel like The Mummy is, like, very much is, like, like the the Rocketeer was the skeletal framework for the Mummy. Oh, a hundred percent. The Rocketeer is a skeletal framework. I feel like for a lot of movies at that day, the Mummy, uh, Captain America one. Yeah, uh, the Mummy is more like Rocketeer plus Indiana Jones because yeah. he's more yeah. badass. Um, and yeah, Malcolm is that was his name is Eddie Jones, who's been in a bunch of stuff. He's a big TV guy. Instead of having Taito Watiti as a big player in Green Lantern, Taito Watiti should have been directing Green Lantern. Oh. Also, so in other words, Joe Johnson should have made a Green Lantern movie. Got it. Oh, you know who that guy played? He played Pa Kent on Lois and, the Lois and Clark. I swear to God, I thought you were about to say he played someone on Smallville. I'm like, this damn show. No, well, he bus. probably did. But no, he played Pa Kent on Lois and Clark. Oh, nice. uh, I like small side tangent. I was listening to a podcast this week where these guys were on it talking about uh, Smallville and him and, and his girlfriend currently have like this contest where they're big Buffy fans. And so she'll show him an episode of Buffy and then he'll show her an episode of Smallville that also did that same thing, but worse. Oh god, that's not not true. <laughs> and he, and they're like, well, how many episodes you've had? And they're like, we've done about like twenty episodes so far. Yeah, they, oh, came, out the same, they came out the exact same time. Uh, I like, think I think Smallville came out a couple of years later. You know, I just discovered there was a hot and sexy Tarzan show that came out in the WB. Stupid sexy Tarzan. I'm not surprised. Oh, hey, it's Walt Disney's The Three Musketeers. Okay. I was going to say Princess Bride. Yeah! To be fair... He does look like the... um, Um, Inigo Montoya. 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 Speaking of which, did you guys uh, see the uh, the live read 
and how into it Mandy Mandy Mandy, Mandy Patinkin. Yeah, how into it he got. Also, uh, that Disney I Three Musketeers. That Disney Three Musketeers with Kiefer Sutherland is actually pretty good. That was like one oh, of the first. Oh, I like that movie. Um, they did two of those, and the second one is horrendous. I'm talking about the Kiefer Sutherland one. Wasn't the... he? The, wasn't he the one with Chris O'Donnell? Were there yes. two of them? Yeah, there's two no, of them. There's not two of them. There's one that came out like twenty years later or ten years later. With uh, from Paul W. S. Anderson. No, I'm telling you that there's two of those movies. With Chris O'Donnell? Yeah. No. So the first one is 1993. It's Charlie Sheen, Kiefer Sutherland, Chris O'Donnell, and Oliver Pratt. Wow, this has like sick ass cast too. Tim Curry, Rebecca De Mornay. Oh, it's fucking great. feel like I'm going to have to figure this out. I wish that befuddled director was Jim Johnston. Joe Johnston? Yeah, that would have been fun. Oh, that would have been fun. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare the time. Why would you stand behind? Like, why would I know? Why is there no regulation? No one watching this set. Well, I think the bigger question is how was he able to walk on this Hollywood set? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Security. <sighs> no. That's a sweet jacket. I'm not going to help this guy. I accidentally killed, almost killed him, but I'm just going to leave him there. Good job, Cliff. Yeah. I, I don't mind this as, like, him being a doof. I know, I'm being sarcastic. I'm, I'm... Yeah, no, no, I know. But, like, I kind of like this idea of, like, he's just, like, he's not, like, he's a bumbling moron. And I also like the happenstance of, like, he just happens to hear. He also looks fucking amazing in this hair.
Now he's being a sneaky Nazi. It's it's kind of funny. Like I've never seen uh, a Timothy Dalton Bond movie, but like the last couple of weeks of seeing like these you know Dalton roles, and, like, it's, like I really loved him in Hot Fuzz. It's like I kind of want to check out his Bond. Uh, Bond's he is now. he is the only one that does any that you can really compare to what Daniel Craig does. He does Bond similar to Craig, where it's like he's a he's not funny. He's like a hard hard edged like bad motherfucker who's just like, like angry because he's the Bond after Roger Moore, right? Yes, yes. yes. And I, I I like my my favorite Bond. One of my favorite Bond movies is. Uh, Live and Let Die. So it's like, I like that era Bond film, but like, yeah. Which that was supposed to be. There's like a whole lot of, and I think um, Arlen's podcast that they're doing, Wells Harrow's doing like a whole retrospective on Bond. Um, and because it was supposed to be Pierce Brosnan to do that last Timothy Dalton one. And then literally as he was leaving his hotel to go announce it, whatever network had Remington Steele renewed his contract. Uh, like, they were waiting for him to get the buzz. Um, so, like, that's why Timothy Dalton kind of is, like, the second choice. And he was a super huge fan. Um, I've been of listening... Of the novels. Of the novels, the Fleming novels. So he plays it, like, Craig, more close to the novel version, mm-hmm. where he's not funny. Really? He's not quippy. He's a lot more of a dick. Yeah, and, like, I'm not a huge fan of Daniel Craig era Bond. Like, I like Skyfield, because it's, like, the least Bondy of those, but, like... Oh, Skyfall? I, I know Skyfall. a lot of people, I like Sky. I like Skyfall a lot. I love Skyfall and Casino Royale. Like, I, I like Skyfall were... a lot, because it's not a Bond film. Like, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I tried watching, like, a couple of the other ones, and I think I fell asleep through one of them. I really like Casino Royale. Casino Royale is awesome. The second one is meh. And Skyfall is awesome because it's Javier Bardem just steals that movie. And Spectre sucked. I have not seen Spectre. And I I like all the uh, uh, M stuff a lot in Skyfall. Oh, yes. Also, I will say out of the Brosnan movies, Goldeneye, I think, is the best one. It's the the first one. It's the the only good one. Uh, I would argue Uh, Bardem never dies. What's the one where it's like uh, a dude has a newspaper and he's making That's news? Tomorrow Never Does. Yeah, that one That one is awesome. Yeah, I like that one. That's the one where Terry Hatcher... Yeah, t- that, that's it. It's Terry and Hatcher Michelle and... Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, yeah, Michelle Yeoh. Uh, and what's-his-name is the bad guy. Uh, is that the same kind awesome. of motorcycle that Captain America rode on? Probably. It's probably the same one that Indiana Jones rode on. In... Last oh, that's a cool ass jacket, but um, bomber jacket's the shit. Yeah, it's. I I I just meant to bring that up. How how much I really like that jacket. Malcolm's like, I'm gonna make things right. But yeah, so I would. I also want to check out the Dalton Bond movies at some point. But 
I'll check them out sooner than later. Yeah, I've been trying. I had started in the beginning of all this. I'm like, oh, I want to watch like kind of proto Bond through Bond. So I've watched the couple. I can't remember uh, North by Northwest and the other Cary Grant movie that also, are like proto Bonds. Quick shout out to our to one of our uh, friendly podcast friend podcasts, uh, Los Harrow Podcast, because they're doing a whole series where they're going through all the Bond movies. I was yeah. on an episode. Fucking good for them. Good luck. They they made it up some more. They're like midway through more, I think. Last time I checked, yeah. I, I don't. I think there's only like one or two unwatchable, really, more movies. Brosnan, it's like two good ones, two know, bad ones. Uh, you know the other thing that like another Marvel thing that this movie kind of takes is like the the Ant Man thing with the 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 clicker in the hand. Oh yeah, kind oh, of in the design. Yeah. yeah. Where was that gum that he reached up all the way back, up in his molar? <laughs> I got it pulled last summer. I know exactly where he hides it. Dude, that helmet design. Like, I know it's ripped right from the comic, but like... What a hype moment right here. Just this first time taken off. Like, where is he looking? But I also kind of like that we don't get him practicing. Like Iron Man style? Yeah, like... Well, it's actually, it's kind of more like the first Iron Man where he just, like, gets in the suit. I also do like that everyone kind of knows who he is, sort of. Yeah. That it's like a open secret. Yeah. That was a cool stunt. That looked real. That was definitely real. Yeah. That's not. But, like, uh, that was a cool plane stunt. Wow, so they did two of those? Like... This was definitely a big summer movie. Did, did this make its money back, actually? I, I feel like it was because we didn't get sequels, it uh, didn't. It was not. Uh, it made 46.7 worldwide. On and a it budget. cost 35. Okay. Its opening oh. weekend was 9.6. Oh. Okay. Well, yeah. everyone in 91 who didn't go see this, y'all are fucking stupid. Yep. Agreed. Yeah, this, I mean, is, the, okay. this is literally sure the Terminator first movie out, I like... ever saw in theaters. Yeah, this was June 21st, 1991. T2 and it was the else. same year. Terminator, I think, was like July. Uh, it opened fourth behind Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, City Slickers, and Dying Young. Okay. What was the third one? Uh, Dying Young. Rocketeer eventually grows $46.6 million, uh, making it a commercial disappointment. Outside the U.S. and Canada, the film was through tone. Uh, yeah, it made nothing overseas, basically. 
Oh, where's the trailer shot? There's a trailer shot. I mean, we've all been there. Yeah, flying out of the sky and about to fall your death. We've all been yeah, there. Yeah, I was, I was going to say plummeting, but sure, yeah. Yeah, that works too. It's a better word. Tremors. Yeah, wow. Like, yeah, it came out and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and City Slickers are both in their second weeks. Yeah, but like, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and City Slickers were like humongous hits. It honestly sounds like it just got released at the wrong time. When did did Terminator come out? Terminator 2? T2? Let me look it up. Uh, I don't even think it was the same year. Yeah, it was, 91. July 3rd, so a month later. Oh, this had like two weeks before T2. So sandwiched between Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, City Slickers, and then Terminator 2. There are some like fucking banger movies that are out in theaters this week. So Rocketeer comes out, Backdraft has been out, which is a good movie. I have never seen it. Uh, it's the Kurt Russell. Who else is in it? Uh, oh, I've heard of it. Ron Billy Howard, Baldwin. Firefighter. Yeah. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead is out. What about Bob? Soap dish. Thelma and Louise is out. Home Alone oh. is still out. Kindergarten Wait. Cop is still out. Oh, this was the period when they re-released movies, right? Yeah. Holy shit, this is the that same summer as Silence of the Lambs, Drop Dead Fred. Okay. Lou, one of those was a hit. The other one was Drop Dead Fred. Yes, but it's still a good movie. No, it's not. <laughs> there are worse <laughs> movies that came out this year. Two weeks before that, Hutzler, Hudson Hawk came out this year. Uh, Super Mario Brothers is 91, I believe. 93. Oh, oh well. That was the year I was born. That's how I remember it. I also like this. It's kind of like reverse of of Spider-Man. I love that smirk. The little smirk he gives. Just like, yeah, I know. Oh my god, yeah, this movie got destroyed. So yeah, the next weekend was Naked Gun 2.5 was number oh. one. And Terminator 2 was number three. Robin Hood Prince of Threes was number two. And City Slicker was number f- City Slickers was number four. Oh yeah, this got decimated. This never had a chance. Wow, it's like Holy- a summer of great movies, and this being the okay. movie that got shunted is still an amazing movie. Talk, talk about, this is just really funny, talk about how a movie, word of mouth. First weekend, T2, makes $28.5 million. Second weekend, it more than doubles that. Oh. <laughs> it's like the opposite of a, you know, DCEU movie. 
Oh, that's a... oh. oh, he's dead. Are looking at Kryptonite? Yeah, he's a Kryptonian. He's Superman. Oh, is that the like... cool guy's deal? Is he just pulls people in half? Yeah, he's just a yeah. big lug guy. He really Again. does do the J- Frey versus Jason thing. I like that his, like, his hand is frozen on the piece of paper. This dude's like holy crap, dude! This this summer is like insane. So two weeks, so two weeks after Terminator Two drops, Hundred and One Dalmatians, Boys in the Hood, and Point Break come out. Wait, Hundred and One Dalmatians, the Disney movie, the remake, or the it, it, no, the, you... the original? They re-released it. Oh, yeah, they okay. re-released it, and it came in at number two. And what were the other two? Because this was well, back also when Disney films were kept in the Disney vault. Yeah, oh, that's right. uh, Boys in the Hood and Point Break. Oh my, yeah, this had no chance in hell. Wow, 1991 might be the best summer movies of all time. Yeah, including this movie, which people are finally starting to respect. Oh shit, also Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey came out this summer. I love I like that. That's more of a, that's a, I love that movie, but I feel like that was more of a cult movie. It was number two. Also, I'm still going in weeks, and Terminator 2 is still number one. Uh, yeah, man, Terminator 2 is a juggernaut. Oh, can, <laughs> I will give any of you $500 to guess the movie that knocked off Terminator 2. Without looking it up. Uh, I'll tell you, Charlie Sheen is the lead. Commando? Hot shots? Yeah, it is Hot Shots. <laughs> Commando was Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah. Hot Shots knocked off Terminator Two Judgment. Okay, that's hilarious. And it's um, it was number one for uh a month. So I know this is like a summer movie, but this should have been. I love that the rocket is like the the lampshade. Have they said what the name of this character is? No, I don't think they have yet. Because, like, I want to know who this actor is. It's Lothar. Cool. All right, this is this, this nice. Of, this is a. This like reminds Lothar. me of actually watching old movies. This also reminds me of like Temple of Doom. Yeah, I also feel like this is like a major thing I remember is her in this white gown. Also, what a great idea to have the guy who was just James Bond as this character. Oh, wait a minute. She that's, looks really familiar. That's, that's Jan from The Office. Wait, really? Wow. I'm pretty sure that's Jan from The Office. Look her up, Melora Hardin. 
Yep, that's her South Sea singer. Holy shit. Oh, is this supposed to be W.C. Fields? Yep, and he's just... Oh, hey, Clint Howard! There he is. I'm going to look down some more. What the hell is a kumquat? It's a tiny little fruit. Oh. There's a woman in the tank. Uh. That guy. He's in uh, Repo, the genetic opera. Which guy? The guy by the tank? That guy. The, 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 the guy at the desk. Oh, that rules. You mean Paul, Paul Sorvino? Paul... Right? I I've never don't seen know it. if he was alive. I've never seen Repo the Genetic Opera, so I can't comment. He was an opera singer, so if it was an opera movie, he might have been in it. Yeah, he was, he was like the main bad guy. Next to I love Paul this part. Jeeves from uh, uh, Buffy. <laughs> the number three. Yeah, I do love the idea of like. I do think it's an interesting idea to have like. Oh, Hollywood has secret Nazis. Also, this workshop in the top of the dog building is oh, what yeah. I remember so much. What an awesome hideout. It's like the perfect place for a hideout. Listen, Batman's got the Batcave, Superman's got the Fortress of Solitude, but the Rocketeer, he's got Fido. He's got the Bulldog Cafe. Oh yeah, King Kong was a new reference at that point in time. Yeah. For, yeah, when this takes place. Yeah. So that big guy is basically the big guy in every movie in the 80s and 90s. Oh yeah. He was in Roadhouse. Um, he's in he's in Ace Ventura Pet Detective. I think he's the guy with the dog in the beginning. Oh, the what one that Ace disguises himself as a... UPS guy? Yeah, and breaks everything. Yeah, he's in both Alien Nation movies. Never seen any of them. Oh my god, fuck you. Alien Nation, the movies, oh, and right, the shows. Dude, they are... Talking about Mandy Patankin is awesome. I've as the heard lead. of them, I've just never seen them. There's oh. a lot I haven't seen that I need to see. I think these are the movies off of the TV show, but like the movie is so good. It's James Caan and Mandy Patankin... And a cop two-hander where oh, one of the cops is an alien. Then, uh, then Arlen probably loved it. It is so good. Because one of my favorite things I remember from this movie is it's a 1988 like, sci-fi movie. Oh my god, it's so weird. Like The aliens like get stuck on Earth, but they were genetically engineered to be slaves. So, like, they're all weird. Like, it's, like, very interesting, like, societal thing. And they get Is drunk. Is the FBI? 
Yes. Uh, no, these aren't the FBI guys. I think these are the gangster guys. Yeah. I like that that guy. That guy who just like spoke up was also the guy that like spoke up in um, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit when Judge Jim's trying to figure out where Roger Rabbit is. He's like, oh yeah, I've seen him. He's like, oh yeah, the uh, shaved with and haircut. Constantly just trying to cover people. He's just like in every like 1930s diner. Where's that sequel? You know, I know they were supposed to do one years ago, but. I think they're doing one now. Okay. I know this I know this is supposed to get a sequel. Like they were talking about doing one for Disney Plus. Yeah. It would work, like, especially if you make it where like his daughter or like granddaughter takes the helm. Or like he's like a descendant. Yeah. And make him the like old man character. Like the PV? Yeah. That'd be kind of cool if he was the PV character. Oh, he's going to burn his face in the cheesesteak. Damn, Robert Martindale's stealing the shit out of the scene. Could this guy look any more like a mobster? He looks, to... like De... he looks like De Niro. Yeah. He's got he's, that, like... he's not even discount De Niro. He's like bargain bin. I like that this mobster is like putting things together interestingly. Yeah, he's smart too. Yeah. Like, he's not a moron. He's thinking they things call through. her a dish. Like, I forgot that was an insult. Or a... Well, it's not really. Yeah, it's more of like a. Like, dish, skirt. Yeah. It's, it's not as bad as skirt. Skirt's definitely more derogatory. Yeah. Dish, I didn't even know it was a. I forgot that was a thing. Damn, the casting is so good in the... Oh my god, that guy? I've, I've seen that guy in a million things. He looks like Peyton Manning. He sounds like Peyton Manning. Wait, that's the same dish. <laughs> Wait, Wait a minute. you're the dishwasher. Boo. Do I give you the dirty dishes? Oh, wait, I've been knocked out. Wait, are we still talking about women or dinner plates? You figure it out. Again. 
more people should have seen this because it's pretty fucking great. Ooh, you know who? Uh, no, I was gonna say Bill Pullman for this character, but he'd be too old by this point. You know, I love, I love that. Like Terry O'Quinn has barely been in this movie, and he's like one of the main characters. Oh, he he's only in that intro scene, and then the end. That's like it. Oh, I missed... What character was he? So one of the government people is... Um, William Frankfather, who is the other lead in Mouse Hunt. I like have a very faint memory of seeing that as a child, but I don't think I've ever seen it the whole way through. He's the guy that's not um, Nathan Lane. I still can't believe that Gore Verbinski made that for kids, and it's like... It's a really good movie. Yeah, it's like not a kid's movie, though. No. Uh, which one? Mousetrap? Mouse Hunt. Mouse Hunt? Oh. I mean, it's like... I don't know, man. It's like kind of a kid's film. It's like about as much of a kid's film as Home Alone is a kid's film. No, that's fair. I, I, I was like half listening. I thought you guys were talking about Rango. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, that's also Gore Rubinsky and also a kid's film. And also kind of not a kid's film, but it's great. So, was Clint Howard really only in this movie for like that two seconds? To just be like, hey, here's the thing. It's like, hey, I'm too busy making Ice Cream Man, so... Yeah, I think so. Have you guys ever seen Ice Cream Man? No. Uh, yeah. What a... What, or at least Connor, I saw the Dead Meat episode about Ice Cream Man. So I actually bought the movie from, like, Vinegar Syndrome's website. Connor, it is Clint Howard as a deranged individual who poses as an Ice Cream Man and kills everybody and mixes them into his ice cream. Wild. Is it done with like a good comedic sense, or is it taking itself? Seriously? Oh yeah, no, they, no, no, no. They, 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 they Fantastic. play some of it up for giggles. That's getting washed near Halloween. I, I keep getting lost in IMDb because I'm like, I know this guy. I need to look up who they are. And every single person in this movie is just a character actor that's been in every movie. This is a Hollywood movie. This like gives off the vibes mm -hmm. of like a oh, 40s Hollywood yeah. movie. In the the bad guy who was like, "Wait, that's the same fish." He's in so many goddamn movies. Yeah, it's just everywhere you look, you're like, "Oh, I know that guy." Yeah. Oh, you're been in a thousand things. Oh, you yeah, remember he's like, here. Oh, he's the guy that's in the third basement in Field of Dreams. He's also in Crimson Tide, an executive decision. And he's the principal, <laughs> and she's all that. Just a bunch of people you know. Nice that he got a coat to fit over his other coat. Holy shit, you're right. I've never noticed that, that he's wearing that over the leather jacket. That must be so tight. How, can, how is he able to move? That's what I'm wondering right now. Also, I just realized something. How is he able to breathe? Historically accurate, but like, there is 
No, I don't think there's been a person of color that's appeared in this movie. No, no this movie <laughs> is very, very, very white. But like, okay, that's historically accurate. Like, there wouldn't be black people. There's Jan. And again, talk about a dish. Swing for Michael Scott to come out and be like, "That's what she said." I feel like this is the character of Dim- Timothy Dalton should have only played for forever. Well, did you see Looney Tunes back in action? Because he did play this character, kind of. I have not. Because I have, oh, I have self-dignity. Great movie. Uh, no, that's a great movie. How dare you? It's a really fucking good movie. Yeah, But, like, he's this character in Hot Fuzz. He's kind of this character in Doom Patrol still, just in, in a wheelchair. Uh, in Looney Tunes, he basically plays an actor who's really a secret agent and he's the father of Brendan Fraser. I, I think if you there's <laughs> there's a wonderful article that goes about um, I think I've brought this up before about Brendan Fraser's like mental health and how he handled like his rise and fall from fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things he talks about is in Looney Tunes um, there's a scene where like the fake Brendan Fraser punches the real Brendan Fraser. Uh, or I shouldn't say, I, it's the other way around. Like, Brendan Fraser's character punches, like, an actor version of Brendan yeah. Fraser. And he talks about how in that scene, like, he was so depressed and so, like, self-deprecating at that point uh, in his career that, like, when he punches himself in uh, Looney Tunes, I think they did that take, like, four or five times because he just, it was very cathartic for him. And it, like, helped him get out a lot of rage. That and, uh, makes sense. Stuff. And it's uh, it's a, a good also- scene. It's directed by the guy who did uh, The Howling and Gremlins. So, highly oh, recommended. That's, what's his name? Joe Dante. Yeah. But I'm looking like this is kind of the last big movie that Dalton does. Which is kind of, yeah. I would, I would but, argue Hot Fuzz was a big movie. That is... Hot Fuzz is iconic. 16 years later? I would argue, okay, it didn't make a lot of money, but Looney Tunes yeah, is still Looney well Tunes remembered. is 12 years after this. He does a lot of TV in between. Like, not that it's bad, but he does a lot of miniseries and smaller movies. He does a voice in Toy Story 3? Oh yeah, he's the Prickle Pants. Who has Prickle Pants? The hedgehog who's the actor. Wow. Holy shit, I did not know that. Him saying, like, I'm the Rocketeer, and her going, who is very, like, Star-Lord energy. Yes. Holy shit, you're right. This is like... (laughs) This is like a prototype for a lot of Marvel characters. Yeah, for superhero movies, in many ways, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Give me one good reason why I believe you. I miss you. I'd go out of my mind. Okay. I do think this has the... I think this movie works because, like, you don't need him to be charismatic. Like, at... Wow. Talk about being bad. 
trying to hide who you are? Graham. You know what this movie has also been reminding me of? Back to the Future? I'm mad that Billy Campbell didn't get more roles after this now. Like, I I don't know. He's fine, but he's also not asked to do anything in this movie. He basically lost out to all the roles that Brendan Fraser got. (laughs) The Mummy starring Billy Campbell. That's the thing. That's a really good point, though. Or George of the Jungle. He basically, yeah, I would say, like, he somehow fell in between Tom Cruise and Brendan Fraser. Like, he's not funny enough to do Brendan Fraser movies, and he's not a good enough actor to do Tom Cruise movies. Yeah, because after this, he does Bram Stoker's Dracula, which I think is the one with Keanu Reeves, isn't it? That's the Coppola one, yeah. Yeah. yeah, with Gary Oldman, yeah, Hopkins, Winona Ryder. And he's like the sixth person on the list. Yeah, and then he just does like a bunch of TV stuff. So. And he's in the Rocketeer Disney Junior show, which I thought was a nice touch. Oh wow, he was he was also on Star Trek Next Generation. I feel like that's another show that everybody that's been an actor has been on. Okay. Well if you ever want to see the real union, just go watch Gargoyles. Fire bad. Oh, this makes a lot of sense. Um Neville Sinclair is modeled after Errol Flynn. That makes sense. Cause People suspected Errol Flynn of actually being a Nazi spy. I love how everyone has this wonder, like, oh, it's the Rocketeer. And I want to know, like, the day after, like, he kind of sucked. <laughs> wow, I'm, like, reading through some of the trivia now. Like, there's a scene that's cut where they... That they had Neville Sinclair send a message to Berlin using authentic uh, Enigma machine stuff. That's cool. And they cut that scene. (laughs) But that's like super awesome. Oh, wow. Actually, I'm like reading through the trivia. So Campbell um, knew of Dan Stevens because he had studied commercial art at one point and read the graphic novel before going in for the part and cut his hair to look like the character. Okay. That's really cool. Okay, that's really cool, actually. Henry Henry Cavill did. Also, why do I feel like... uh... This 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 little bit right here, this set piece reminds me a lot of the mask. Also, um, yeah, I can see that because it's in a nightclub. Yeah, just not played up for laughs. 
Also, the score right here is like really making the scene even better. James Horner's the fucking man. Oh, what a fucking good line. Maximum creep. I feel like that's another shot I remember as her trying to run away and Dalton just like catching her. That was a terrible transition, though. Oh, I thought that was terrible CG, but never mind. Wow, man. I'm like reading through some of these stuff. So the gum he chews was legitimately um, the gum that pilots chewed for good luck. And is also featured in The Right Stuff, which is the movie about Chuck Yeager. And it's going to be a TV show on Disney Plus uh, in a couple weeks. See, I feel like this movie had so much love and like passion put behind it, and it just it sucks that it was like a case of uh, wrong timing in terms of wrong timing in terms of when it came out. Because I feel like if it had came out at a different time than when it did, it would have probably done so much better. Yeah, I, yeah. I, it just happened to be in like the summer of the big one of the biggest movies of all time. Yeah, couple of the uh, biggest movies. Couple of the biggest movies of all time. And there's, like, cool stuff. Uh, the creator of Rocketeer gave his, like, encyclopedia of stuff, or whatever you want to call it, that he used to write the comics to the production staff for the movie and the art directors. So they all got to work off the same source. Yes. That's really nice. That's really So, smart. like, they made that Bulldog Cafe because I guess that was in his drawings. God, just, like, this set alone is so cool. Just this dude's bedroom. It's that Hollywood opulence. It's, yeah, it, that's, that's, you nailed it, Connor. Like, it's the opulence. I think that's why it reminds me of the apartment in Lucifer. Because, like, his apartment's supposed to be insanely opulent. Smelling salts. Yeah, like, I was so she got chloroformed and then smelling know, salts. It's, it oh, scares I... me that he has a thing of smelling salts next to his bed. What is that thing behind him? Dude had chloroform. He's already on the Dude. maximum creepy scale. And he's handing her a brandy. But, like, what is that altar thing behind him? Hail Satan? I uh, think if it it's... was Bahamut, that would be sick as fuck. But... Yeah, I think it's, like, a geisha or, like, Indian. Yeah. Ooh, burn. Oh, apparently that dog cafe was real. Um, but it was destroyed by weather in the 70s. And it is part of a museum retrospective now. That was the terrible parasite inside of you. Okay, I'm going to post a picture in the chat. This is who they base the giant dude's look off of. This is a real actor from the, uh, I think, the 20s. Oh my god. Yeah, he was in B movies. Yeah, he was in B movies in the actual 40s. So they designed the makeup to look like him. His name was Rondo Hatton. That's cool as hell, actually. Right? He looks just like him, right? 
Yeah. Wow, holy shit. Yeah, he plays, like, the giant guy in, like, all those, like, 40s horror movies. Like, House of Horrors, The Brute Man, Pearl of Death in Old Chicago. Yeah, that, like, big block jaw and long face comes from one dude. Is she, like... She got, like, knocked out, right? Yes. Yes. So, like, he, I was gonna, like, is she, like, roofied, or...? He used chloroform and then to knock her out, then smelling salts. I think that she is trying to trick him here, if memory Okay, says. she's, like, trying to... Okay. Use her feminine mouths. Yeah, I was honeypot. gonna say a honeypot, but I was like, ah, we already used dish this time in the movie. And also, hey, James Bond well, references. Yeah, also a honeypot, like... I also like him, like, looking at his teeth. I love that, like, yes, you go. I like the way he opens the double doors, like, aha. I was waiting. Yeah. Oh, this good. is like I. This is like one of the best IMDb trivia movie things I've ever gone through. So they create Disney created a mechanism specifically for this movie that was the opposite of a steady cam. It was uh, a moving cam. It was a shaky cam, and they used that for what we'll see later on for the Zeppelin shots. So, so basically, like, Disney made the shaky cam, is what you're telling me. Yes. But to, like, give the impression of, like, the engines of it, like, vibrating. That's really cool. Because they couldn't do, like, uh, vibrations or movement with the camera in post-production like we can now. That's wild. Mm -hmm. So it even has that old Hollywood feel where they have to make a specific you know, machine to do I was just going to say, you know what this movie also, like, like character-wise and tone-wise, like, I was like, man, you know what also this kind of reminds me of is Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I'm like, oh, wait, because it was also directed by Joe Johnston. Yeah. Did you guys hear they're doing, like, a, another one and they got Rick Moranis out of retirement for it? Well, yeah, uh, he is He is now out of retirement. I mean, they've already done, like, three of them, so, it's, you no, know, I guess I we can't hurt for a This one, one they're doing is about the son, who's also an inventor, and they got a but is it which son? The original son or the one that they blew up? I have no idea. I just know Josh Gad plays the son. Yeah, and I also saw Honey, I Blew Up the Kid and No Taller yeah. was blown up in that movie. Zero out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> what? No kid dies? Um, dun, dun, dun. No kid got to strewn all over the so, streets. I just saw it. Do you know who did an uncredited work on the screenplay? Who? Uh, For The Rocketeer? Yes. Uh, Frank Darabont. Oh, shut wow. the fuck up! Holy yes. shit! Yo. Which probably says a lot about why this is so well written. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say I can kind of see it. Yeah, that would also help. wrote Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, and this is three years before Shawshank. God, yeah. it's so good. He's such a good writer. And also, maybe about nine years. No, this is this, this has got to be he. He's coming off of writing 
The Blob, The Fly 2. And a couple years oh, after Dream God, that Blob remake is so good. Wait, the 1989 The Blob? Uh, yes. He wrote Fuck, that. Fuck, man, that movie. That, that movie, like, look, man. I don't want to get off on a tangent here. Yeah. But, like, The Blob from, like, 1980s is, like, top three favorite horror film for me. That movie fucking rocks. That was also the first movie where, like, I saw a kid die, and it kind of traumatized me, because I was like, <laughs> up to that point, I was like, look, man, horror movie happens, like, in real life, kids and animals are fine. And the Blob broke both those rules. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. I'm, like, looking through. Do you know who turned down the role that uh, Paul Servino is playing? Who? Uh... Joe Pesci, and I kind of think it would have been too much. Yeah, Joe Pesci. He would have, he he would have been too big. He would have been too literal. Yes. I think Paul Servino is like such a... Understated. He's, he's so understated that it lends gravitas to like his character. It doesn't make it too cartoony. I'm just thinking like now about like what else has Frank Darabont has done. He has done so much good shit. Oh, I like... He even made Walking Dead good for, like, one season. Oh, this is... So, Lloyd Bridges turned down the role of PV. Ooh, he would have been a good choice. Or James Cromwell. This is, also, this is also a funny... I do like this scene, too. It's like... Oh shit, like, I need to get, like. Also, it's fun that, like, oh, this is before the real life Howard Hughes was stuck in a mansion bottling his own piss. Ah, uh, yes. I, I do Clark. also like the fact that, like, the idea that, like, this, this PB just this guy is just like, hey, I shot Howard Hughes something he doesn't know. I'm being. Well, it, it reminds me, again, like, to go to the comic, I feel like it's very Iron Man and. Howard Hughes is, he's got to be the bassist for Tony Stark or Howard Stark. Howard, definitely. Yeah, it's like, yeah, especially if you look at the MCU version of Howard or versions. Terry O'Quinn is such an underrated fucking actor, I'm telling you. Between Step, he honestly, uh, Stepfather, he, this. He could have played Howard Stark at this age, like, and it would have been perfect. He should have played Howard Stark. I mean, like, also, like, well, a lot of Howard Hughes is in Howard Stark. Yes. Yeah. Well, all the actors that played Howard Stark I will. I, I'm going to keep making this reference. I just see him, and all I think is John Locke from Lost, because that is one of my uh, favorite shows of all time. You gotta go back to the island. I've ah, only seen one episode of Lost. Don't tell me what I can't do. Now, I wonder if this is real footage or not. Oh, it's absolutely fake. Absolutely fake. This is fake. Oh, that was oh, man, I forgot this, this exists. Shit. Yeah, this is pretty wolf. This is awesome. Do you guys remember Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow? Yes, because it's dog shit. Uh, it's really bad, and I wish it wasn't. I wish they'd live in a world where Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow is actually really good. Well, there was the short that they made first. 
Oh, it's the first movie filmed all on green screen, and I got really excited when I saw it, and I thought, huh, Now, I, I wonder, because this scene reminds me of it, but I wonder if, like, Disney's animation department worked on that whole se- sequence. Oh, I'm sure they did. Well, what do you think of our film? This guy's played a cop in only 870 movies. Ah, only. Hey, hey, Mr. Howard Hughes, the richest man at the time. Can I just borrow your rocket to go save my girlfriend? Okay, thanks. Yeah. Oh, it's James Bond all along. Wait, Neville Sinclair, maybe that's why he's number three. He's a Nazi. He's punching <laughs> these FBI guys. And oh, like, this I'm is in. another shot I remember. Trailer like, shot. Flying the glider out. God, I want to do this in yeah! real life. Yeah! How, how fun of a what scene the is fuck? that? that and he just so like cool. lets it go. It's like, and the yeah. plane just keeps on going. Yeah, it's a good plane. What's They're going to make that. Yeah, I think that's like a... That's another great line. Yeah. Oh, and this shot, like, that's the, the Art Deco stuff also reminds me so much of Batman the Animated Series. This movie uh, Evidently, is I was just... also reading the... Uh, uh, I was reading a wiki thing on it, and evidently the Art Deco advertising was kind of like a big hindrance on the marketing of the film. Really? Because I, I guess, like, people didn't... Like, Get it? Because, you know, it's like, it's still like a... Instead of a brand-driven uh, thing, it's still like a star-driven thing, so they're like, no one knows that Timothy Dalton's in this movie. I will say, that teaser poster that they have for this movie is like one oh, of my favorite posters of all time. The art is so good. Uh, I uh, haven't seen that one. Oh. oh. Uh, if you can get it up. Yeah. I was going to say, so the guy in that movie we just saw with the rocket pack, that was Dan Stevens. The creator of Rocket Wild. Oh, that's, that's really cool. cool. I think this is the one you're talking about. Is that the one you're talking about, John? Yeah, but there's one without the credits on it. There's one. Hang on, let me get it. There's so much art. That's where, like, the Darwin Cook cover of the thing we read. Oh, yeah, I've seen this everywhere. This rules. So, this is what oh, I thought it was. Yeah, I, I forgot to say, like, yeah, this is the first movie I've ever seen. I think I saw this when I was, like, I would have been... Four. And I was, my family was on vacation in Puerto Rico. And my parents had to take my one year old, my mom had to take my one year old sister out of the movie theater so we could watch the movie. Lou, it's this one with just simply summer 1991 underneath. Okay. Well, yeah, it's the color's a little bit better. But, but God Lou, damn, did you, that art is you, so good. Lou, did you at least get to finish the movie? Oh, yeah, I watched the whole movie. <laughs> Tight. I remember renting this one night, and I remember just being blown away by it. I think it was like the library or the rental store at the time. 
remember, I think my dad was helping me look for movies. Like, oh, hey, this might be good. This might be fun. We watched it. I'm like, this is amazing. I just say this is his. This is uh, what's his name's best scene in the movie so far, acting, and it needed to be. Oh, what Billy Campbell? Yeah, like his face in those. Wait, 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 wait! Everyone, everyone, stop! This is the moment. This moment is great. Back when it was American to not work for Nazis. Oof. Oof. I'm Canadian. That's like the one moment I remember from this movie. Like very also, vividly. It's such there a good are this line. Many Nazis? And again, like, yeah, I like Billy's eyes there. Like, he's, like, almost, like, fuck. And he's, like, almost crying. And there's this huge boy just hiding behind the observatory. This is so good. It reminds me of Helsinger Bridge. It's, like, something they'd never suspect. Zeppelins. Yeah. (laughs) And then, uh... You think they'd realize that Adam called sped back when his Dracula is going to show up and Andrew WK is going to play in the background? It also reminds me of like. Did you see Andrew WK? Yeah, in the uh, he was the theme song for uh, Helsing Abridged. I just assumed like the Rocketeer would start just fighting Nazis to party hard. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking Ready to Die. Yep. I love that there's four different groups in this movie, but you. You understand who everybody is and what they're playing for, and also he would be like really fucked up after that, right? Mm-hmm. Like he basically rocketed his face down across the grass. Why would they care about the girl? Eh, civilian. They don't want casualties. How fun must it be to have, like, filmed playing with these fake Tommy guns? I guarantee you they probably made, like, pew-pew noises. Unless they're filled with blanks. uh, I feel like these, like, everybody here is just, like, having a great time. That's kind of why this movie's perfect, is because everyone's having so much fun making it. But it's like, they're having fun, but they're also playing it serious. Like, they're not playing it corny. Oh, hey, it's the same guy who, like, was got in killed Indiana in Indiana Jones. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but his yeah, face he looks just like that. Time. I think it's just those glasses. 
I, I think the it's the hat, hat the glasses, the hair. Speaking of, like, also, the big guy is also one of the guys that gets killed in Indiana Jones. Uh, it's a different actor. I like, I love that movie. They're, they're like, oh, it's like the FBI and the mobster look at each other. It's like, yeah. Oh. Like, oh, hey, we may not like each other, but at least we both hate Nazis. <laughs> Which is weird because, like, this is 38. So I gotta, I'm the history teacher and I should know this. When does, what is Pearl Harbor? 41. So, like, why would, like, the Americans don't really give Hang a on. shit? Hang on, look at that shot. Oh, with the Ruger? And the American flag behind it? Hell yeah. Except it probably just got lit on fire, but. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. That was kind of very Spider-Man-esque. Go get him, kid. Oh, and the go get him, kid? Oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Just what it... Yeah. I do feel like there's a lot of, like, Raimi Spider-Man things in here, too. With, like, people rooting for the guy and, like, the open secret kind of thing. Doesn't Raimi Spider-Man also have a lot of Raimi's Darkman in it? Yes, it does. Well, yeah. Well, Raimi's Dark Man is the movie that he made because he wanted to make Batman, and they said no. And now he's making Doctor Strange. And Raimi's Batman was, uh, in that movie, Raimi's Dark Man was going to have Bruce Campbell in the lead role, but it got Liam Neeson. And Bruce Campbell showed up at the end. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. He's the face at the end. Yeah. God, I can't wait to see who Bruce Campbell plays in Doctor Strange. Watch, it's like one of the other heroes from a multiverse or something. He's he's the human form of Dormammu. I was going to say, like, <laughs> he's the voice of Shumagorath. Or if we're doing the multiverse, what if he's like Thanos in another universe or something? I don't even... What are other even Doctor Strange characters besides, like, what do you call that you just said, Siler? Uh, Shumagorath? Yeah. Um... Oh, this is the camera shot you were talking about. Yes. This is where they put the shaky cam. Uh, There's, like, Nightmare. So he has a cod piece? Or does he have no balls? What about both? Uh, Or he's just so hung that he's rock hard all the time. And it's... Oh my god, what what if Bruce Campbell was Mephisto? Holy shit, would that not be the best? I'm so excited to see where they put Bruce Campbell in the, in the MCU. But just think about it. There, now, like, there is a chance that, like... I'm also excited I, we're... That was, I, I don't know why, but I love that. that like, I'm excited where Ted Raimi's going to be in the MCU. Ugh. In fact, I hope Bruce Campbell... Re- or, or Bruce Campbell, Sam Raimi writes that whole script. You actor, how dare you? The third best actor. <laughs> the number three. Get my on. position correct. Jokes on you. I'm number three. I'm the one with the hairy chest. This is like a awesome, like third act set piece. This is an awesome finale. Yeah. Like, he, he, like, the fight with the big guy lasted three seconds, 
That's also very Indiana Jones. Do you guys remember that scene? Yeah. It has been so long since I've seen Indy, but I think so. It's been where they're, fr- they're fighting by the plane, and the guy's like doing like put up. It's a Nazi, and he's like put up your dukes. And oh, is, like, that, is that and where the Indy is, lifts the guy up? No, the plane is turning, and he just like stalls, and then the yeah. propeller of the plane just chops him up. Yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Oh, Chekhov's gum. Chekhov's Talk about gum. like something going from the first shot of the movie all the way to the ending. He also doesn't give him the helmet, which is interesting. Because he doesn't know that it's vital. So, this Zeppelin had six people flying it? Good line. Hang on. Good line. I mean, like, I don't think a Zeppelin needs too many people (laughs) to fly. Now, do you know what that is actually a reference to? No. Uh, Timothy Dalton is the only Bond to do all of his own stunts. Uh, oh, the, oh, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. Yeah, so that was more of, like, a gag on, um... James Bond slash Yeah, yeah, the other guys, like, not actually doing work. But also, what's, Roger Moore was, like, 57 on his last Bond movie. Yeah, well, it's also the comedy guy. It's like, you know, you don't really need to be doing a whole lot of stunts. Well, he wasn't supposed to be the comedy guy when he started because he was the, doing a TV show that was basically the exact same thing. I'm trying to remember. I don't remember how they get off of the blimp. You should be the number five actor. Ah! I'll be oh, honest. His role, his role in Toy Story is basically like this role. Like he basically yeah. is all about like it's acting. Wicked laugh. What a way to go, you know? Oh, that was that very, was very Indiana Jones. Very oh, yeah. Indiana Jones, very Sam Raimi Darkman. Oh, wait, so what did it say? Is it... So Hollywood's original name was Hollywoodland, and then in the 30s, a fire happened on the Hollywood Hills and burned down the land half, and then oh, everybody just kept Hollywood. That's so this is okay. the kind of cute way of them being like, oh, this is why it's called Hollywood. And then in uh, 2015, someone stole the D and it became Hollywood. That's a good thing to happen. Yeah, and then in 2020, all of California burned to the ground. Yeah, it stunk so much. Yeah, and hey, man, almost most of Portland did. Yeah, dude, same with or most of Oregon did. Okay, I love this shot. I oh, I remember this. Oh, he's but he's on a thing. Oh, this is how they Whoa, escape. Howard Hughes has a drone? <laughs> he has a something copter? I want to call it the rotocopter. 
I think that's a good name for it. This is really good CG with the explosions behind him. I've read, like, that's a shot, that's another shot I remember my entire life. They're like, ah! Like, I love all the practical effects. That shot looks so good for 1991. Uh, Wait, how did a giant blimp with a Nazi logo, like, show up in L.A.? That's what I didn't want to say anything, but like, there's no way to hide a blimp behind Griffith's observatory because it's not even there. I'm guessing. I think they built it there because this is. When did the? No, they they mentioned earlier that the the Zeppelin was coming from the east coast to the west coast, and this is where they were meeting, and that was the meeting. Director of Margot Martindale, Oscar Award winner. It's <laughs> a great line. That's excellent. I bet that was ad libbed. But they like hear that he was a Nazi. Yeah. I have so many yeah. positive thoughts when this starts credits. Oh, I just this movie is comfort food for me. This is my warm blanket movie, or one of my. So they just drive a plane down the street? Dude, it was the 30s. Uh, I think, well, I think the, the diner is next to the... The, the airfield? Airfield. Uh, but from what I was reading in the thing, like, all of the plane stuff is, like, as legit as they could make it. Like, for the time period, what guys would be flying... Oof. That's what a nice. Good line. If you, that's nice. That's a you, great line, though. That's nice. If you excuse me, I have to go collect piss in the jar. <laughs> I also just learned something. I did not know Jennifer Connelly was married to Paul Bettany. Oh, yeah. That's why I kind of like the fact that she's in uh, Homecoming. Wait, who is she in Homecoming? She's Spider Man's um, suit in Homecoming. Holy shit, I did not know that. Yeah, that's why I thought it was a nice touch. Like, I swear vision. to God, you just in the... I did not know that. Yeah, neither yeah. did I, actually. That was, that's really cool. Yeah, Holy crap. Because, yeah, she's in the shitty Hulk movie. Shitty oh, yeah, she's like, Betty Brandt. Yeah. Betty Ross. Betty Ross. Betty, Betty Ross, yeah. Betty Brandt is a character. That I don't it's know Spider-Man. She's a, I, I think Betty Brandt's a Spider-Man character. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, she's the one that works at the paper and what's yeah, her name Elizabeth, plays her in Elizabeth the Rainy ones. Uh, yeah. Betty Brand is the one that uh, is but, uh, like dating uh, Eddie Brock for a while. Yeah, she's the secretary. She's JJ uh, Triple J's no, secretary. No, 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 no. Betty oh, yeah, Brand Jennifer... dates Flash Thompson who is also Venom. But uh, yeah, yeah in, the, Jennifer... in, the, in the new Spider-Man movie, she's the one that's dating... What's his name? His friend. In uh, not Far Gay from Home. Ned. Ned. She's named Ned. Ned. Yes. But uh, yeah, no, Jennifer Connelly is Karen, the suit, in uh, Far From Home. 
I did not or know not that. Homecoming. Excuse me. I just want to say, PV is my hero for that last line there. He just wants to talk. Wait, Betty Brandt does not date Flash. Who am I thinking of? I have no idea. But yeah, I don't Betty know. Brandt's one of Peter's exes. What a what a great last shot, you know? Like, yeah, it's like all positive, pretty much. Oh, what a movie! What a fucking movie! A fucking really good one-off movie, you know? That should get more, but you know. Yeah, it should get more. It should have had more, but like, fuck, it's perfect as is. A nice self-contained story. No, like, sequel baiting. No worrying about like, oh man, it left off of plot point. Like, no, it's all there. You got a little tease of being like, maybe there's a Rocketeer in the future, but everybody's thumbs up and smiles the entire time. I, I think for me, the big thing, and I guess we'll get into I'm my thoughts about I'm thinking of Liz Allen. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, that was his ex-wife, right? I think, I guess I'll say what I think about the movie now, because it's over. I have so much to think about. The movie has always been one of my go-to, like feel-good movies. Like, the movies you watch when you're in such a bad mood, or you've had a terrible day, and you need to throw on something that'll make you happy. That's what this movie is to me. The movie is just... I think it's perfect in every shape or form. It's just amazing. Yeah, I... Like, it is so much fun. I... I do think it kind of suffered from when it came out. Like, it's... It's so weird that, like, I think if this movie, almost, like, beat for beat, even with, like, like if you just made it come out now, it would crush. Um, there's just so much good things about it. It just happened to be in, like, one of the years that had, like, the summers that has, like, all of the greatest movies, including, like, one of the top five biggest movies of all time that yeah. came out the week after. I think, like, also, like, it doesn't help that it's a, like, a new property based off of, like, an old, like... A I new think, comic I, I based off it, of I, an old idea. I think if The Rocketeer came out, like, in 1988, I think, like, The Rocketeer would have been, like, a huge hit. But, like, I think in, like, a post-Batman world, like, I don't know, man. You could release The Rocketeer in, like, 1990, 91, 92, or 93. And, like, I think it it still would have had, like, the same success it has now, and the same cult following as, like, you know, other superhero films that kind of, like, didn't, like, gain huge traction, like a Darkman. But, like, I don't know. Like, I I think it's far more well-remembered than, you know, The Shadows or The Phantoms. Oh, it's uh, I, 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 not just well-remembered, it's a better movie than those I, I think even, like, you know, more well-remembered and than the Dick Tracys. But, like, I don't know, man. I, I, th- I think The Rocketeer would have been huge in the 80s, but I think in a post-Batman world, it's just, you know, it's hard to kind of find a home for something like it. Like, I, I think, like, something like Captain America succeeds, you know, which is still in the Rocketeer mold, because at the end of the day, uh, the first two words in that title are Captain America. Oh yeah, I'm actually not the first title, the first two, the first two words is Marvel's presents <laughs> Captain America. So the first four. Yeah, like I get like this is still one like comic book movies weren't like they weren't presenting them as that, so it was kind of like 
people didn't know it was a comic book. So, like, that part of it's not there. It's more of, like, that pulp Indiana Jones thing. And, like, so it's kind of in this weird bridge movie where it's part of that pulp pseudo-Indiana Jones stuff as well as the weird pulp comic booky superhero stuff. Because it's not as in- insane and terrible as the Phantom or the Shadow or any of those oh, it's not even goofy close. Ni- yeah, those goofy 90s like pulp superheroes where it's closer to the Indian. I feel like it's it's closer to Indiana Jones in like its realism-ishness and less superhero-ness. Um, it also has like way better cast than all of those other movies besides like Indiana Jones and Dick Tracy. Like Dick you Tracy know, is like a whole, I feel like Dick Tracy is like a, a different thing because it's going so hard into being like a Dick Tracy is another beast entirely for sure. Yeah, I feel like okay, Dick Tracy is almost like proto Sin City in some ways. So I'm going to throw out a film here that I think the Rocketeer has like a lot of kin, kinsmanship with um, and very much kind of like suffers from like the the highs like has the same highs and the same lows and like it was also just kind of like released at the wrong time that has also become like a universal like fan favorite and i think that film is speed racer oh like i think like speed racer was also released like um a week after iron man and a couple weeks before the dark knight um it was vastly overshadowed by the contemporaries of the time, but like did not find its niche. Like it, you know, it had like a very dedicated audience at the time, but is very much like in the years preceding, it has like very much found like a very dedicated audience that like, you know, swear by the film. Like yeah. I'll I'll so, sing the praises I'll sing the praises of Speed Racer to my dying death. I'm, and like at the I will re- let you know. Go ahead. Right. I will let you know right now. Um, that's awesome, but at the same time, don't go too too much into detail because we may or may not be doing this at some point. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, I, I like I will say this is like re like the last thing I just wanted to say was like revisiting like the Rocketeer. Like, uh, I I think the Rocketeer is better than the Mask of Zorro because I you know I think it flows a lot better. Um. But, like, and I really like a lot of the characters. And, uh, I think it's, like... Like, I don't know if we necessarily need, like, a, a new revival of Rocketeer. I think it's, like, I think it's, like, really neat that they have, like, a female-centric animated uh, kids version of the Rocketeer for uh, a new generation now to kind of redis- rediscover that character. And I think that's, like, kind of, like, the best version that you can have for that character, like, currently. But um like those you know those comics we read from idw are really great and kind of like really you know like they have all the best qualities like of the film like in those comics and like the rocketeer as a singular film i think it's like you know pretty perfect like and pretty great yeah i think for me this is definitely going somewhere i don't know if i'd tie this for number one but I probably would tie this to number one pretty much because it's hard for me to pick between this and Mask of Zorro. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I just, yeah, I think this movie is perfect in almost every single fashion. 
characters are wonderful the plot moves the story moves quick like brisk pace which is nice the action's great there's just this really nice wholesome quality to it that i think really helps with the movie it's short sweet simple and uh never outstays its welcome and constantly uh like yeah that movie is like what like like 95 minutes yeah like we, it was yeah, an hour it, yeah like it like like no wasted was, scene yeah no wasted character like gets in gets out you know it is a hour and 48 minutes it is like yeah. the exact like opposite of the lone ranger where it's like oh, it's in every long-winded way. it just goes on fucking forever like it just like doesn't know like what the story wants to tell oh this has a very simple streamlined story and it gets you like it's it never is not there it just goes yeah um to me i I think yeah go ahead i was gonna say like the one thing i was thinking of was like i think this is a movie that it suffered from being the last kind of good movie that had that 80s nostalgia for the 40s and Terminator 2 is a perfect movie to show like where everything changes so like instead of looking back the trend flips and like in the 90s from the 80s to 90s where we're looking like forward to technology and not backwards which Mm -hmm. is why like that's where those Indiana Jones things happen and I think Batman's a little bit in there, but like I think it's more of like the that sci-fi, which we're doing like pulp sci-fi. Like that sci-fi takes a flip in the late eighties, nineties, away from the pulp nostalgia sci-fi stuff into like that like dark kind of futuristic sci-fi that we get from Cameron. Like Cameron changes like sci-fi in the late eighties and nineties. Uh, I think, like, sci-fi... Because it's, like, there was, like, that... <laughs> I, I I actually, like, really like it, but, like, there was that four-year period of futuristic dystopia that kind of only exists from, like, 1991 to about 95, and it's, like, the Mario Brothers movie, Judge Johnny Shred... Ne- Johnny Mnemonic? De- Johnny Mnemonic, uh, Demolition Man, um... And it's like and it's like that very brand specific like each like uh I like I think probably the best of them is is the Fifth Element, uh but it's like that very brand specific like oh, and Fifth Element's kind of like even the outlier of them because it's more colorful like all those other ones are very more dark and dystopic. Well, like, I th- I think I think Judge Dredd also had a lot of color and Demolition Man had like a lot of neon to it. Uh, but like there was also like that that cyber like ooh it's cyberpunk the like, it's that weird like, cyberpunk the, the lawnmower man the Johnny Demonics uh uh the Stranger Days you know yeah and I think but, that's like, like it's that changing it's like the I concept the internet is becoming a thing like cyberspace um and that's where we're changed like computers becoming a thing kind of switched us from not not us because we were like. Me and Siler were kids, and then you guys weren't even born yet, probably when this movie came out. Like, to from this, this people from this nostalgia of like 
the World War II stuff to this, like, oh, we see the future coming, and mostly people are like, oh, it's bad. And that's where we should see this, like, sci-fi stuff, as opposed to this kind of... And I think it's why still, like, these pulp sci-fi-ish characters don't work, which is why, like, we never hear about, like, uh, Doc Savage, which I th- they talked about for making a minute with The Rock for a while years ago. It's like, it that kind of... It's that weird, like, 40s ex- exceptionalism. I think, like, like, also, like, a lot of those characters and a lot of those stories also are, like, very much rooted in, like, very, like, hard racism. Like, that's oh, why the Venture yes. Brothers is such a good re of, like, old pulp characters, because it's, like, it kind of just, you know... It pokes you know, fun it, 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 Like, it takes the shit out of it, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and that's why, like, I, like, I, you know, I think Flash Gordon, like, a new Flash Gordon could work, but, like, I also think just, like, the sensibilities of, like, the current day climate of filmmaking, it's like, oh, they would try to make it, like, dark, grim, and gritty, you know, I... Which, no, they did that. They made a Flash Gordon TV show in the 2000s, yeah. and it was dark, grim, and gritty, and it was dumb. Yeah, like, you know, I, I think Flash Gordon, like, I think the 80s Flash Gordon, like, even, like, with, like, the racism that kind of exists within that film is still, like, the best version of a movie's version of Flash Gordon you can ever get. Because um, it's insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's an insane movie. Yeah, like, and I, you know, it's like, I think, like, you could do, like, a modernized version of, like, Johnny Quest in, like, a really cool way. Um, I which can't I, think I mean, of which Johnny is, like, Qu- my, which is, like, my version of a pulp character. Like, fuck me. Like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. I, do you I, remember, Silver, because we're the same age, do you remember the new adventures of Johnny Quest in like the yeah, mid? Yeah, that show rocks. Like, I love that show. That show was so good. Yeah, uh, like I think that show was like really neat. Um, and like, I, and I think like, but you know, it's like I also think like also Johnny Quest kind of like, I, it's like the the main problem with Johnny Quest is like how do you address Haji? You know, it's like, is he adopted? Uh, is he like a family? That's friend? one of the two big things. It's like, is he adopted? And what's the deal with? Dr. Venture, or Dr. Venture, with uh, Dr. Quest and, was it, uh, it's not Ace, race? what's Race. Like, I mean, like, I mean, like, Dr. Quest is like a single father taking care of Johnny and his adoptive son, Haji, while Ro- Brock Samson, or Brock Samson. Brock Samson, I know, it's so hard to separate the two. <laughs> uh, race Bannon <laughs> is like, you know, like the family's bodyguard. Like, like, literally, like, Dr. Venture and his relationship with Brock Sampson is like, like, look, <laughs> it's we'll be copying it. the frame hall right, but like, that's that's the frame you copy. I don't know, because I, I always think of the two things. It's like that and the episode of Harvey Birdman are the two things about Johnny Quest I think about. And I also love like what they do with Johnny Quest and all the characters in Venture Brothers, mm-hmm. where Johnny's just like fucked up and like, and I do think there's a way to make that work. Um, in like yeah, a modern and like, time, and, and, and I, I think if I was like a longer time uh, Johnny Quest fan, like, and I, and I mean, like, I love the Scooby Gang, and like, yeah, like a lot of the stuff they do with the Scooby Gang in Venture Brothers is like kind of like mean spirited, and I think like the stuff with like definitely like Johnny is like, you know, it, 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 it kind of sucks, but it's like at the at the end of the day, it's like I, I don't think it's like entirely like too bad. Like I actually like. Really need to like finish up, um, because you know, yeah, like, I, I have not seen like, it so long. Then, and it got canceled. It, 
Yeah, it recently got canceled, but like I feel like there was just like so many years between seasons of Venture Brothers that I just kind of like fell off. Wasn't there like four years between the last two seasons or something like that? Yeah, and I mean like and and people were like and I like I get it. Like the the reason why Venture Brothers took so long for it to come out is because like also like Venture Brothers is like probably like their most expensive show to make. Like it's it's not cheap. Like people are like, well, so well animated. (laughs) Yeah, and like people are like, well, like how do you get like so many seasons of like, like I I don't want to call people out, but like someone someone posted that I saw that was like, how do we get like eighteen seasons of Aquatine Hunger Force, but only like five seasons of the Venture Brothers? I'm like, well, Aquatine Hunger Force is made on a budget of twenty dollars each season. Yeah, they use the same like backdrops. They have like four backdrops. It's like the inside of their house. The outside of their house, Carl's house, and the outside of his house, and the pool. Yeah, like <laughs> even like you know something like Rick and Morty. It's like you, like the 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 reason why like Rick and Morty still keep, keeps on getting seasons because like also like you know it's not not a cheap show, but it's like a little bit more simplified than the Venture Brothers like character design wise, and uh, you also only also, have to pay. It's, it's also like really a, two guys really for that show. It's also like a marketing like juggernaut. It's like it makes so much yeah, money. Yeah, I was and, I mean, and, and the Venture Brothers that. honestly would also, but it's like the Venture Brothers takes so long between seasons. It's just like kind of hard to market. But, and you're also like that is a show that's built for people. We're I think you and me are the younger end of the demographic for Venture Brothers. Mm-hmm. Like because that show is. Like basing on nostalgia for like '60s and '70s cartoons. Like, yeah, sure. it's a strange yeah. thing because like I but grew up watching it like come on at like midnight on the cartoon channels and then turning off because I never understood it. But as I've gotten older, I've gone back and watched the Venture Brothers and fucking loved it. You know, it's, yeah, it's so good. But like, I also think that that's also like the appeal of Harley Quinn. It's like yes. Harley Quinn basically takes like because like people are like oh it's like Rick and Morty mixed with DC I'm like no 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 it's Batman Brave and the Bold and and you mix it with the Venture Brothers like it has like because like I I feel like you know like I I like Rick and Morty but I feel like there's also like a certain level of like uh, nihilism at the end of the day to Rick and Morty that's like oh, kind of not present in the Venture Brothers because it's like no matter like kind of like how like bad like Dr. Venture is as a father like you still see the hopefulness of like Hank and Dean and, oh. and that's it. <laughs> and it's something that you also don't see in Rick or not there's Rick, also like Morty. like one of my favorite parts of that show which you don't really I don't even know if there's a comparison like a Rick and Morty which is like Dr. Morpheus and like the triad is that is that their name uh order of the triad order of the triad they're my With- Fucking favorite part uh, with uh, Jefferson, Jefferson uh, Twilight. The, Jefferson Twilight's uh, the fucking best character in the Alchemist. Uh, he only hunts blackulas. Yes. Oh my god. Which, if I can suggest, some great me, characters. So if we can get in uh, John Carter, if we can do like a like a horror, like weird horror movie kind of thing for October, I kind of want to suggest. Vampire in Brooklyn. Uh, <laughs> yes, like, like, yeah, absolutely. Like, Vampire in Brooklyn is like really good. Because I, I can't remember. There isn't there like a show or something that's coming to Netflix that's like 
about it's like a like movie a black... vampires versus the bronx vampires versus the bronx is like oh my god is this like a sequel to vampire brooklyn like, which like me. also like i saw that trailer and it reminds me a lot like i mean you know like inner city kids versus a supernatural thing um oh. like Isn't it reminds like the... me a lot but it reminds me a lot of attack the block I was just saying Attack the Black, the what's his name from Star, movie. Star Wars is in. Great movie. Oh, I just had a weird thought because I'm looking at the YouTube playlist. Do you know what movie I think is an attempt and a horrible one because it's probably the worst movie, one of the worst movies we've watched on here. At like doing this type of movie, like the these kind of pulp sci-fi movies in modern times. I think Artemis Fowl is like a kind of an attempt at that. Ugh. Yeah. I it's trying to do a lot of the stuff, especially in Flash Gordon. Like, wait, 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 back. wait. Let's let's stop here. Artemis Fowl. You're talking about the movie where Josh Gad unhinges his mouth, eats a bunch it, of sand, and blows it out of his asshole simultaneously. It's, it's yes. Time. Yes. yes. Okay. Continue. Um, I feel like there's a lot of parallels between that and Flash Gordon, and like these pulp movies where it's like. I feel like it's like kind of a modern version of that, not a take, because it's uh, based on a book. But like, I feel like it's a modern movie that's doing a lot of these things these pulp sci-fi movies are doing, especially Flash Gordon, in a terrible manner. It also explains like why, like Flash Gordon, we introduced a whole like alien world, several races, everything's fucking crazy, and it does all the things that Artemis Fowl fails at epically. And we're like world building, interesting characters. We actually go to different sets um, in Flash Gordon. And it's like, I feel like even taking the kind of skeleton of some of these pulp concepts, especially like the way that these sci fi ones are built, doesn't translate as well. Because um, I'm like looking at our list and like, yeah, like the Green Hornet, like the one we watched was fun. Like, I do think it's a fun movie. I don't think we ever need another Green Hornet thing again. No. And the same no. for Lone Ranger. I think Zoro is a different thing, and that's because specifically culture right now, Zoro could work really well. Now, I really want to uh, ask yeah. a question. I have a question, and I have this is a little off topic. So we're going to do John Carter next week. Then yes. on, I'm down for our, is it a horror, like an offshoot sort of thing, like a one-off, or are we doing a trilogy? I, if we could come up with three kind of weird, not normally done horror adjacent um, things for October, I would be fine. I would. I would. Do All right, that. and then after that, is that going to be anime? Because we know we talked about anime trilogy. Would we want to do anime, or what was the other one? Was it like '90s cartoon, cartoon. like toy cartoons, like Turtles or Transformers or GI Joe or something? Ooh. I would love to do Turtles. Uh, I think the Turtles we, movie was we, Turtles in Time. By the way, uh, <laughs> we, do, we, we do we do all we do like a series of three Blackula films. <laughs> we do Blackula, Scream, Blackula, Scream, and Vampire so in Brooklyn. It's like Blacktober. No, I don't. Want, I don't want to even put that in my it, it, like. Well, we'll we'll pick out if we would do something like that's horror tinge. We'll talk about it during the the uh, John Carter episode, which is like also like I never saw the John Carter movie. I you know I, was I have not like, seen it ever. I feel like in my mind it's like 
somehow if like it's god dude it's so boring it, it's, it's so ever tied to it is boring but visually it is stunning okay uh, i remember the trailer having peter of uh, like a peter gabriel song but i do not remember the peter. oh no it had cashmere but uh, like a trailer version of cashmere so like ragnarok but worse well, that was immigrant song wasn't it yeah how long is John? Oh my God! It's well, actually, that's not that bad. Two hours and twelve minutes is not that bad for us. No, we should start a little earlier though for next time because it is. All right. So, um, has because I stepped out for a second. Has everybody given where um, Racketeer ranks? Yeah, it's number, number one for me. Yeah, number probably two, number one. probably tied with number one. I think it's my number two. I still would. I, because like for me, I rank based on like rewatch, like not rewatch, but like my urge to rewatch. And I feel like I could rewatch Zoro right now. And yeah. yeah. I mean, I mentioned earlier, like, uh, or not earlier, I mentioned a couple weeks ago, but like I've, uh, I saw this earlier this year and I've seen this twice. Watching a movie twice in one year is a lot for me. Yeah. So I love this movie to death. I'll watch this anytime. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I do think, like, it's if you remove The Lone Ranger, like, the other three movies we did, three out of four, are, like, three of the most fun movies I think we've watched. In Zorro, Flash Gordon, and The Racketeer. Like, yeah, Flash Gordon is not a good movie, but it is a fun movie with the best bit. outro we've had. I'm looking to yeah, see what else we have done. Uh, uh, Sky High. Sky High was fun. Cat's part, but uh, sure. Yeah, Sky High is fun, but Sky High is like it's a like it's a Disney kids movie, so like it is what it is. I okay. still like it. I've seen it more times than an adult man should have seen that movie. But um, and like in Green Horn, like it's weird. It's like I'm looking at like the things we've done, and like after Artemis Fowl, we've done. But if you remove Lone Ranger, like they're all movies I really enjoyed. Batman and Robin? Like, Batman and Robin is bad, but it's a fun bad movie. Yeah, no, it's yeah. totally... Like, no, like I, I, like, I would legit, like, rather watch Batman Robin than, um, The Green Hornet, uh, The Lone Ranger, um, uh, like... Artemis Fowl. Like, Artemis... Yeah, fuck Artemis Fowl. Well, Val. no, well, the thing is, when we started, we did, like, four... No, we did five bad movies in a row. Arguably. Like... With, yeah, like I like here. Here's the thing. Here's okay. Here's the thing that will, like shock audiences. I would rather watch Batman Robin than Cats. Like, sorry, sorry, yeah, to break it yeah, down. yeah. Uh, like I think I like I honestly think the time has been kinder to Batman and Robin than most of the other like kind of films we've seen. You know. Oh, and I think part of it is because of the other DC movies that have come out. Like, Wait, Tyler. And, and I also kind of like really want to watch Batman Forever because I remember people were like shit in that movie, and I don't think that movie... Batman Forever is possibly my favorite Batman movie of those four. Yeah. Really? Uh, I mean, I... Returns is my favorite. Like, but Jim Carrey and Val Kilmer, like Val Kilmer, is possibly my favorite of that era Batman. Like that, those four movies, Batman. Um, and I think Jim Carrey is so well cast and does so much lift, like. Heavy lifting. So much charisma going for him. Ah, like the yeah. the only bad part of that movie is Tommy Lee Jones, which is insane to say. 
Yeah, like, you know, uh, Jim Carrey is, like, not my Riddler. Like, he's not kind of, like, what I wanted out of a Riddler, like, on a major screen. But, like, I think he, like, does, like, a good enough job in that movie. I'd be down to do Batman Forever as, like, a one-off sort of thing. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I think we can do, maybe before, if the Batman, like, the Batman movie is coming out, we could do that. Um, um, So, yeah, I think that we've all kind of done our rankings. So we can wrap up um, quick round of plugs or anything else we want to talk about. Uh, uh, plugs are fine. Yeah, plugs. I don't have any plugs, so you guys go ahead. Okay. Um, you can find me at Twitter. I'm at Question Connor. Uh, and then you can find me at uh, Instagram on at Maybe Connor. And then support your local hockey game. Isn't hockey over? I mean, like the hockey video game. Oh, okay. The Kings won, right? Sure, I don't know. You're Canadian. I thought that you like innately know. It's like why? No, yeah, no. We so. look. I'm I best thought... friends with the Queen of England. I'm not. I don't have like hockey. I didn't subscribe to that when I was in fifth grade. Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, the Lightning. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay, <laughs> nice. Go us. We're clearly in the know for sports. Yeah, Florida. Uh, go ahead. Take your NHL. Yeah, trophy. sure. You say that, but Florida has the most sports teams of any state in the country. Of course they do. They also have the most coronavirus. Uh, uh, oh no, it's like because they have the least taxes. Uh, you can find me at John Joey Chen underscore FN underscore Siler S E I L E R or tweet out stuff we're announcing for for the place I work with. Stuff that happened during the debate tonight. And hey, go out and vote. Yeah, I already go. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I have not voted yet. I'm not really sure, like, what my uh, thing is, but I'm, I'm uh, absolutely I did a mail. I did a mail. Case scenario, I vote the day of, but uh, I know voting doesn't isn't gonna solve everything, but hey, gonna help. Um, yeah, and uh, don't forget to check out all the other shows. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Tell a friend, and uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next time. Adios. I love you. We're blasting off again. Go get him, kid.